Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Portal jumping took some getting used to, evidently. One minute he was standing upon the craggy surface of Bloodsworth Island, shielding himself from the hammering hail just after blackest midnight. The next moment, he was wobbling unsteadily upon a sandy beach, ears popping as they equalized against some unexpected pressure. A deep indigo now colored the pre-dawn sky, like someone had flipped a light switch. His eyes watered. Vertigo overwhelmed him. He felt himself teetering, falling. A hand like an iron manacle clasped his arm, steadying him. No rest for the wicked, Mr. Williams, his companion whispered. Samantha awaits, and our work is yet unfinished. Dan nodded slowly. He was too tired to talk. Together, the newfound pair began walking up the shoreline. The day's fishing had gone extremely well, and young John arrived much later to dock than usual. This was a good thing. He'd have enough seafood to stock the larders and sell the extra inventory around the village. Maybe even impress that new gal Ingrid with a gift of cuttlefish? He grinned into the early evening at such a thought, while hoisting anchor. As he lowered the rope, however, his smile melted away. What in father's name? he mumbled. There, on the exterior of his vessel, near the waterline, was some kind of symbol etched into the wood. He pulled his fishing knife from its sheath and reached down to poke at the weird sigil. Something manifested then from the depths, pulling him overboard and beneath the waves, giving him no chance to call out. Nothing but weeds, Maury thought. Weeds and dead memories. Carefully, he stepped around the tombstones, using his long-handled clippers to trim any grass or wayward bramble he could reach without having to bend over too far. The arthritis pained him greatly last night, which is why he awoke before dawn and decided to get to work before the sun rose. He knew the cemetery so well, he could tend to the garden of grave markers by the light of the moon if need be. Somebody sighed behind him. He wheeled about as quickly as his ancient, frail body would allow, blinking past his cataracts into the darkness. Nothing. No one. The wind, then. Nothing but the wind coming off the ocean, telling the same old tale. He harumphed, spat on the ground, and continued his work. Against the canopy of stars, Queen Mary's peak reached upward like a black shadow clutching at the heavens. Dormant now, but Maury remembered all too well the evacuation decades ago, when he was still a fit man. Off to the east, the obsidian lava fields were a constant reminder of that disaster, and of the villagers' narrow escape. I'd like to see you try it again, he wheezed in challenge at the silent mountain. 
Directly behind him now, a series of dry clicking noises served as a kind of response. Maury stood stock still, not daring to turn around. His mouth went arid, but he managed to whisper one word, Father? Then the half-trimmed earth of the graveyard rose up to greet his face. She'd never seen anything quite like it, even at university, which is why she got virtually no sleep. Sister Ingrid Pitt was up before sunrise, downing a quick cup of coffee, then bounding into the field to check the results from monitoring overnight. Even though it hadn't rained for days, there was still the omnipresent humidity and pre-dawn dew on the grass. She shivered and hugged her windbreaker tight to her body. It only took 20 minutes to reach the makeshift camp and check her equipment. She clicked on a flashlight, shining the beam onto the data screens. The results were the same. A combination of excitement and anxiety blossomed in her breast. Surely this couldn't be correct. More data, she said to herself, mimicking her professors. You'll need more data to confirm the hypothesis. Walking back toward the village, she had the distinct impression of being followed. A vague sound of hopping? But each time she turned around, aiming her light at the rough-hewn pathway behind her, it was empty. Imagination, she concluded, and pressed on. Sure, her preliminary results were potentially earth-shattering, but without proper validation and cross-checking, there was no reason to let her brain run riot. Out of the lava field now, she approached the museum. The sun was just peeking over the horizon, its gold-hued rays bouncing off the blue waters of the Atlantic in a blinding, mesmerizing show of natural fireworks. Ingrid squinted, shielding her eyes, which is why she didn't see the strange man until she bumped into him full force, then staggered back. Strong hands reached to steady her. My dear, he croaked at her, crooked white teeth grinning. You appear to be cold and hungry this fine morning. Allow father to make you something hot. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2019. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.com.